Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. How are you this fine Thursday, the 30th of March, 2023? I am uh, reporting to you live from Anaheim, Anaheim, California, where they have Disneyland. Uh, and not too far from here, they have Orange County, which has a, uh, a, a you know, an abundance of delicious, amazing uh, Vietnamese food. I think it's like the second largest population of Vietnamese people uh, in the country uh, after um, San Jose. Uh, and so, you know, uh, guess what we're doing? We're going to get some fall and go to Disneyland today. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait for the fall, if I'm honest with you. I'm, I mean, Disney's going to be great, too. But we did that yesterday. Everything hurts. Everything hurts. I mean, I, we, I haven't been there in more than a decade, but we brought our kid. Uh, and, uh, you know the that that the delight of being there with somebody who hasn't been there for the first time uh oh, it's just un, undescribable um uh well it's not undescribable it's it's describable it was amazing but also painful i mean it, it was it was such that you know we did i don't know 13 hours of walking yesterday just miles and miles and miles of walking yesterday uh by the time we all got home i the <laughs> my partner Tammy and i we we laid on the bed and popped an ibuprofen uh and then fell asleep <laughs> If we had ice packs, I think we would have used those too. Everything hurt. It was a wonderful pain, but it was still pain. You know? What a fun day. Um, uh, what else? Uh, I'm, in Disney- I'm in Disneyland because it's vacation. My kid is, uh, we're, we're surveying college campuses uh, in LA, and LA is near Disneyland. So we figured for her spring break, we'll go to Disneyland, go, through, go look at some colleges, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, so with that, I'm not going to spend too long on this because I got to get back to the fun. So my friends, I want to just remind you of a few things. First, I did a book on uh, an ebook it's, uh, available for free, just a simple registration form you have to fill out uh, on uh, ahead of time compilation for Spring Boot. You know, GraalVM native image support in Spring Boot 3 is a major tentpole feature of Spring Boot 3. Uh, and, uh, you know, I made that work available out there. It's for free, it's a quick read, it's like 50 pages, a lot of good stuff in there. Hopefully, you'll, hopefully you'll get something out of it. Um, I also did a video on, I did a spring tips video a couple weeks ago on Vaden. I don't know if you saw that, but if you haven't, check that out. It's in the usual place, bit.ly forward slash spring hyphen tips hyphen playlist. Um, by the way, for the ebook, I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, I also did a roving one hour tour on the JetBrains channel of Spring Boot 3.0 if you want just a general purpose sort of overview a few weeks ago, like a month ago at this point. Uh, and that video has just taken off like a, like a rocket. If you if you want to watch a video, people seem to like that one. You might get something out of it. I hope so. Uh, if you want a much more abbreviated and uh, and punchy uh, look at Spring Boot Three, uh, I did a six minute video uh, on my channel, Coffee Software, um, on YouTube, uh, uh, looking at Spring Boot, and it's a six minute video. So you know, less than six minutes. It's a lot of stuff, very quick. Hopefully, you'll get something out of it. And of course, today's guest, my friend, is uh, uh, Artem. Vilan, who is the lead of Spring Integration, and he's one of those people. He's one of those success stories you just love to hear about. Uh, he's uh, serotonin, <laughs> you know, inducing, right? He, he's one of those people who um, uh, just started as a community member and and very quickly dem- demonstrated himself to be a prolific and capable and kind and brilliant uh, uh, contributor um, in the community. And then we hired him, and he, he was he continued in that capacity for. For a long time, and then and then eventually was promoted to lead of the project. Um, it's just wonderful. 
right? We we love him. So uh, I was just very grateful that he was able to join us on the show for this episode. And uh, I learned a lot. And of course, uh, I hope you will too. Remember, if you, I actually had somebody, I've had a few people talk about uh, in the comments on YouTube and whatever. I've had a few people talk about how they love the integration flow DSL. And I've been, if you've been following my YouTube channel, I've got this series where I've been looking at, well, lots of stuff. Actually, we looked at Kotlin, we looked at Spring Batch, we looked at Spring Boot, we looked at, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. But now we're looking at Spring Integration. And the Integration Flow DSL is just, it's a game changer for people who haven't tried it or played with it before. Uh, you know, it just it's just a very appealing thing. That's Artem's work. He's the reason that the DSL exists. Uh, and, uh, you know, I love Spring Integration. I love all permutations of it. But the Integration Flow DSL uh, is just next level amazing. So, friends, enjoy the episode. Enjoy the interview. As always, I'll see you next week where I'll probably be in uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia for Dev Nexus. So if you're there, uh, find me. And then, of course, after that, I'll be going to Kotlin Conf in the Netherlands and I'll be going to uh, uh, Paris, France for um, uh, I'll be in Amsterdam for the Kotlin Conf and I'll be in Paris, France for uh, DevOx France and then uh, uh, and then Onward. All right. See you next week. Okay, good stuff. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hello, everybody. Hi. Uh, we're joined today with uh, joined today by Spring Integration Lead Artem Bilan. Hi, how are you doing, my friend? Hello, hello, my friend. All good. All good. Thank you. <laughs> um, oh, I'm so excited. Uh, first of all, have you upgraded your Java yet? Like Java 20? Are you already using Java 20 on your machine? No, no, we cannot do that yet because Java 17 is still baseline, you know, until probably Sprint Boot 3.2. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, but okay, good. Well, I've upgraded on my local machine because I can use Java 20, but you as a developer are working on the frameworks all the time. You have to comply with Java 17. Uh, sure, sure, sure. But I looked yeah, at uh, that. Yeah, probably sorry. we will wait until Java. 21. 21st, 21, yeah. yeah. That'll be fun. And when we will have already Project Loom merged, right, with virtual thread support. It's going to be so good. It's going to be a pretty exciting subject for all of us. They released Java 20 this morning, though, and yeah, uh, I'm looking at SDK Manager, and I don't see the new Java 20 yet. And I'm like, <laughs> come on. Like, I, want the I know it'll be there soon. And then I want the Growl VM version. I want Java 20 Growl VM. And I see, uh, oh, let's see, R17, R19. I don't see an R20 in there either for Growl VM, you know? So, you can ask them. Yeah, that's probably also going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to take a few minutes. Um, okay, well, anyway, yeah, Java 20 is here. I'm so excited about that. Uh, right now, you and I live in an amazing time. We are people working on, oh, hey, people are joining us. Good morning, everybody. Hello, hi, hello, good morning. Hi. Uh, uh, yes, I should just say a good morning. Let me see here. Can I do that from here? Good morning. Somewhere it is good evening. Yeah, I, I, we, have, uh, we have amazing people. Um, 
who join us from all around the world, uh, you know, yeah. in a given live stream, I'll have a... Um, yeah. Thank I'll, you for making this, Josh. Yeah, it's, it's really great. You're joining people around the world, this or yeah. other. Yeah, that's cool. It's great for me. I feel bad for the people watching, you know, but for me, it's been great. Like, uh, we get people from... Uh, yeah, look, there's people from... Almost time for the first session. Oh, for the oh, that's right. The Java twenty thing is happening soon. Oh, okay. Well, you know, you can. You, I don't. I don't blame you if you want to go watch that. That's fine. But this will this will be on YouTube. But if you have questions, my friends, now's the time to to ask. Uh, we have Spring Integration Lead Artem Bilan. Now, if you are just joining, uh, we've got um, we've been doing uh, uh, Let's Code on Spring Integration for the last last two episodes right on on friday and then yesterday we did some you already released it too oh, okay sorry man i missed it i missed oh it yeah that was day. yesterday it's okay we yes. i took some of the great changes that you gave me some of the feedback and we 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 improved our code did it work uh well i got rid of the filter and then yeah the gateway worked um i didn't specify a default timeout you know but we also covered uh split splitters and aggregators we covered wiretaps uh, you know, we covered, we basically, I think we got most of the big. Okay. Central my language. We, um, we also covered uh, service, you know, the annotations, not the integration flow. We, most of it is integration right. flow, right? But yeah. we also looked at at service activator and the component model yeah. there for that. Google uh, yeah. So, so we haven't really covered any of the adapters or any of the gateways, but we have covered most of the core patterns, channels, Adapters, Again. filters, transformers, uh, act ha handlers or service activators or whatever we call them. Uh, yeah, the core, uh, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. All the all the yeah, fun stuff. Whatever um, is explained in this book. Yes. Which? Yeah. I was looking at that book because we've been talking about it. That book is Enterprise Innovation Patterns. We talked yeah. about that. It's like the it's like the like the manual for spring Bible, Bible. My my table Bible, you know. Right. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. And um, that book, I was looking at it recently on Amazon because I have the, the thick book, but I don't have it here because I, um, like like 12 years ago, uh, no, 11 years ago, I moved to San Francisco. And in San Francisco, it's, you know, there's no space, right? So, uh, and before that, uh, before in, in 2012, I got divorced, you know? Um, and so... I took all of my DVDs and um, music and all that other stuff. Anything that she wanted, she can keep. I kept a few books, but the books, I don't have space in San Francisco. So I, I put them in storage. So I don't have any physical media anymore for the last nice. 11 years. I stream, I buy online, I even video games. I don't have disc cartridges, anything like yeah, that. Right? And so I was looking. That book is now available on Kindle. Enterprise integration patterns, which I didn't know uh, before. I had to buy the physical. I, I didn't think you could buy it online, but it's digital now. So I'm thinking about buying it again. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's still very expensive, but it's a good book. Very good book. Yep, it is. It's perfect book. Yeah. So okay, let's talk about you for a minute, uh, just because I I want to make sure people are, are aware of what they're what's happening here. You're Artem. You're uh, you know we had uh, we had Oleg on the show uh, um, a few weeks ago. And yeah. he was telling me about how, um, uh, telling us about how you 
came to the team, right? And I love, oh, and I love that. Thank you. Um, so what, what, how exa- you were contributing outside. You were not a member of the spring team at first, right? No, like, no, 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 it was not, no. Yeah, outside contributor, that was kind of mm, those days when Spring Source uh, has moved its repository to GitHub. So all the source code became available and really open source. And like GitHub 2010. Made, yes, so 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And together with uh, Chris Beams, Leg, uh, and Mark Fisher, we realized how to make the outside contribution from whatever person around the world. So yep. it's, GitHub just make, made that very, very easy for all of us. And you see those code, it is colored, and you feel free to open GitHub issue, yeah. and pull request to fix, and that's it. That was a very that. simple flow for contribution, you know. We had a, I wish Chris Beams was here to answer this, do you remember we had in the beginning uh, a Git? It wasn't GitLab. This is before GitLab. It was a Gitium or Git. We had a, a thing that we installed for like a year, and Install. it was we were trying to. It was Git, but it was our own hosted Git, you know. And uh, I think at some point we moved. Yeah, to, that's probably before me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. At some point we moved to GitHub, and you're right. That makes all the difference, right? Because uh, we were open source already, but and and people, you know, Spring was very popular even even twelve years ago. But yeah, I mean GitHub that just it's a, a flood. You know, I would say even fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. I started looking to Spring like two thousand seven, back in my life, so. right around Spring Creation's birth. But that just sorry around the same time as Spring Integration was born. Yes, yes that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, you know, I probably tried the version one zero m five, something like that, just because I needed it back in my work uh, some functionality to pull files from FTP, mm-hmm. to part them, and then store to database. And I realized that there is something like. SFTP inbound channel adapter implementation in uh, Spring. So that was my first uh, meet with Spring integration. Right. Oh, so, so good. Yeah, and I was very excited. Then I found this book from Gregor Hope, and yeah, it was very, very mind blowing messaging, asynchronous communication. And yeah, right. I decided to dedicate my Career to messaging as it is. It's oh, hello, Daniel. Daniel says hello. Good morning, afternoon, good evening. Uh, messaging, I, I don't. I think you, 10, 15 years ago, messaging was a very complicated way to build systems, right? And people understood the value of it, but they didn't necessarily have the need for it, right? Because they thought yeah. that only serious enterprise, I remember this thinking like, oh, if I want to do messaging, suddenly I'm now talking about not just some open source thing that's easy to run, I'm talking about, I need to buy a very heavy message queue and I need to talk to IBM and buy 
you know, yes, maybe lots of consultants and uh, yeah. or web methods or typical. I just it used to be very scary to like bring in messaging into your system. Yeah, you know, especially with EGB, right? Yeah. Even without annotations, that was huge XMLs to be able to configure message driven. Uh, yeah. Very painful. And so I understood. I understood why that stuff was needed, but I tried to avoid it, you know? It just seemed very like complicated. And if I could avoid it, I would. And now, oh, look at this. Sanjeev has been using. Spring integration since 2007. That's amazing. Nice. Yeah, we love people who are using uh, the, the technologies, you know, with us the entire time. But then I think came uh, open source messaging. So uh, Active MQ was a very big deal for me, right? Um, because it was open source and I could do yeah. real messaging, you know. And then Spring also. Spring gave me real. I didn't have to use an application server. Suddenly it was like, well, now I can deploy this just like I can deploy a Postgres. It's free, open source. I could build a real system, you know, uh, with messaging in it. And then comes Spring Integration. Spring Integration now makes it easy to think about messaging. It's not lots of like transactions and, and JMS specific stuff. It's, I can just write messaging code, very generic code in terms of this pipelines model. And now here we are, you know, well, what did we just say, 2007? So almost 16 years later, and um, microservices are all small. We have services now, right? Before you had monoliths. So messaging was, again, very, very rare. If you had to do it, you had some legacy integration scenario. Uh, but now, today, it's why wouldn't you do messaging first, you know, like RPC or messaging? Um, and... Uh, it's just been it's just been amazing to see spring innovation become more valuable, more interesting, you know, over the years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's that's I have you know another book to show. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, Chris Richardson wrote this book, Microservices Patterns, right? How to build our distributed systems with microservices. And one of the concepts he explains is really messaging. Yeah. Messaging Currently, first. these days, I'm kind of thinking how to improve Spring integration with this microservices concept and make it much easier for end users to understand right. and yeah, probably even implement some microservices patterns using enterprise integration patterns. And of course, with Spring integration as a tool to do Right. That. I think it, it fits very nicely because with Spring integration, uh, if you're trying to do modern service to modern service communication, it's the same thing as if you're trying to do modern service to legacy, right? The, the programming, That's the cool. way you think about code is exactly the same. And so it's very simplifying, you know? Uh, it's consistent. That's the right word, consistent. Yeah, and the, the, the point is, Josh, uh, that uh, spin integration is not just about messaging, as you mentioned it already, channel adapters. We yeah. have a bunch of channel adapters which are RPC based, like mm -hmm. the same simple HTTP inbound channel adapter. It receives HTTP request, so you have 
simple RPC implementation over HTTP, even if it is messaging underneath with integration. Right. That's true. That's the same. It's the same programming model. So you think about your code with this pipes and filters style, and now you can handle any problem, RPC or asynchronous messaging or file transfer or whatever, right? Oh, file transfer, you say. Uh, I wrote somewhere probably, or yeah, Gregory Hope wrote yep. it in the book that uh, shared database and file transferring is kind of anti-pattern in yep. integration by itself. But still, there are some use cases where we just cannot connect service to service, even if we place some messaging broker in between. Right. 100%. Yeah, he talks about the four styles of integration, right? Uh, yeah. File transfer, messaging, messaging shared database, database. RPC, right? right? Yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, Oh, I'm getting some feedback. Okay, that seems better. Fancy new sneakers. What are my sneakers? sneakers. Simon is saying I have fancy Only new sneakers. about Spring I.O. this May in Barcelona. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. What? Uh, hard, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, so Sanjeev says there used to be message buses. hundred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These message buses yes. were... 15 years ago, yeah, we had that. But then we removed it. Yeah. Oh, Fuck yeah. me. Probably Mark Fisher introduced it and removed it then, back then. Then we decided that message bus by itself doesn't mean uh, to be a component. We right. look at the whole application context of Spring in, in version of control context as a message bus. Yeah, we can publish and consume messages. And there is even an adapt, there's a uh, application event adapter. Yeah. So you can consume that in the same way. Oh, for example, we, we can react to some events like uh, refresh code. Yep. When you do Spring Cloud and you want to refresh some properties on the fly, the that specific channel adapter can react to that and do some messaging for you. For yeah. Refresh. So, the, so people, so that's a great point, actually. That there's two things there. There is the refresh scope, which is what you just mentioned, which is a uh, Spring has Spring Cloud has an annotation where um, you can annotate a bean. It'll create a proxy, and whenever there's an application Thank event, of refresh scope, context refreshed event, or something like that, um, whenever that event gets published, the beans that are in this proxy get recreated. Right. Sure. Um, that's part one. But you can just listen for the event. You don't have to use the annotation. No. And then, I don't know. Right? And then you, are you the one who did this? I, I've i used the integration context, integration registration or integration context. Oh, why is it To programmatically create new integration flows, right? Integration flow context. It's called integration flow context. That is a great. Yeah, great. that's right. There was an idea how to be able to build flows on the fly. When we made already something viable from integration flow, they sell as uh, something what, what is useful for for high-level application development. Right. Uh, yeah, and there are many, many questions how to make it kind of to be able to build integration flow on the fly. <laughs> so yeah, so, that, 
special component in the application context. It helps us to register bins on the fly. And when you don't need it, we remove them. So you can do it at runtime. You can programmatically destroy a context, an integration flow. Um, and this, so this is an, this opens up a lot of opportunities because now you can have multi-tenant flows, right? You can have one flow per user or something like that, which might be very unscalable. Yes, or, or the simple one, for example, you have several uh, directories to listen for files, right? And uh, you realize that it's going to be cumbersome to register inbound channel adapter for every single directory. Right. You just use it in a cycle on the post construct, for example, phase, right. and that's it. And then you listen for all the files from different Now, that's, that's so brilliant. I, I use that for listening okay. for RSS feeds. I have many RSS feeds that I want to read from. So I, when the application starts up, I use that. I create a flow. Yes. And... Uh, one thing that becomes very interesting here, though, is that you start realizing that there are scalability constraints that are obvious now when you can create n plus one, you know, when you can create n integration flows, some things are shared still, right? Correct. One of the things that is shared is your, like if you're doing polling, if you have a polar, the scheduler is shared in the Spring Boot application context, right? Like. It is, yes, it is shared. So, uh, are, like, what are the what are some of the things that people should be aware of there? Like, what kind of like the scheduler is, is shared? When does that become an issue, or does it become an issue? Or what can you do about it? Do not block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, block blocking is is a problem. In when, the scheduler or like the polar? I mean, if you if you use a scheduled thread very heavy and the process. What's the noise? The, the process is blocking somewhere, or you forgot to um, return reply, or you just don't think that there is going to be some blocking because of no reply. So thread is going. It, it becomes in the dormant uh, state, and it is not available for any subsequent schedule. Right. So is the default scheduler that Spring Boot creates, does that have enough threads? Like, can you, what is, what do people need to know about that? Uh, you know, Spring Boot is mostly for microservices, right? This is framework to develop microservices. And therefore, uh, every single configuration on convention we choose, it's in minimal. Whatever right, right. is enough to start your simple microservice. Don't make you don't call it microservice and make it monolith, right? Right. Uh, therefore, task scheduler pool executor has only one thread, uh, and also default one, and also task executor. In uh, in Spring Framework by itself also has only one thread in its pool, right? So probably it's enough for most uh, simple use cases when we definitely develop true 
microservice. Right. Uh, but we're going to have several complicated and parallel tasks or scheduled tasks. It's not going to be enough. So, for we example, if I have multiple sites, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, so after think... your first uh, video, I'm realized that I need to revise something in the framework in Spring integration by itself. And uh, yeah, I realized that we have a lot of places where we block. We wait for something indefinitely. Right. From uh, microservices concept, right. Chris Peterson wrote in this book, essentially, that it is good practice uh, when you develop distributed system, do not block indefinitely. Right. Better to fail with uh, timeout exception, then we block it over there and uh, don't understand what is going on. Same, you know, happens exactly with this uh, single task scheduler. I realized that when we use uh, messaging gateway, request reply pattern, we do wait for reply on some internal temporary reply channel and right. we do wait by default at the moment indefinitely. Ah, okay. So we block the thread and we don't allow anything else to happen which could give us reply as also pullable uh, source. Right. Just because we have only one thread, so nothing else can happen. And you know, right now I revise it and we're going to have find out just one second, wait for reply. It is scheduled operation and it waits right. only one second, then it goes to the next uh, cycle or let to do some other task uh, and it will come back eventually for the same operation. So, you know, what I'm doing right now, it's going to be uh, in 6.1 version of Spring Integration. It's not going to block that single thread in Task schedule. Yeah, so we probably won't need to worry about this problem anymore. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So for people yeah. who are joining, in one of the last two videos we did, I had an example where I used a messaging gateway. You have an interface, you call a method on the interface, and it automatically kicks off a spring integration message into a channel. And it if you have a return value, if it's not void on the method, if it has a right. return value, spring integration will wait for the reply. And in my example, because part of my flow had a filter that would sometimes terminate the flow before a reply was sent. Yes, that's a different story. Yeah, that, that yeah. fixed it already too. We already committed the change for that one. Right, but so basically what, what Artem is saying, I think is he watched me screwing up my code on, on Friday and he's making spring innovation better for people like me yeah. who are not so smart, you know? That's amazing. I'm sorry, Josh, yeah, that's... Just problem came from, from the framework, and it is no. great to have this kind of videos. So you give us great feedback. That's, that's awesome. Speaking yeah. of feedback, you know, I answered uh, a couple similar questions on Stack Overflow back in days, but definitely I answered how to fix this problem uh, right. from target configuration but when i saw your demo it was pretty fast you coded everything flows here here until it blocks right oh yeah because no no reply from the filter uh and uh, i realized that probably it is better to make something by default which yeah 
make your life easier when you code from uh, from the sketch without right. knowing what is going on. So yeah, there That's are already a couple fixes uh, committed into project three going to release M two six one M two tomorrow. Right. That's amazing. Oh, two, oh, so that's tomorrow. Oh, you tomorrow. heard it. So yes. Wednesday. This, this week is fully packed with many, many releases. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for joining us today. I know you're busy. Um, so I, we have some interesting comments here. Uh, Sanjeev is saying that they extended Spring Integration to have a custom HL7 gateway, which is Just like amazing, you know? Um, they used a custom protocol adapter, right? They wrote their own. Which sure, is, uh, that's, it's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Really, uh, it's one of my favorite parts of Spring Integration. We have, you know, a very good standard library full of adapters, but it's easy to extend it, right? You create your own message source or your own uh, producer, you know. Um, you don't need. You can develop in projects. In what? In projects. Projects. You can develop all every, everything in projects. Like same Chris Richardson oh, wrote the book. Oh, Projects in action, remember? Yeah, and so, some of the basic uh, basic and central concept of Spring integration is projects communication. So you have, you declared some your bin as a service or whatever, just right. plain project object. And you have some methods to deal with, right? So you yeah. just need to say Spring integration, what bin to use and what method to call. That's probably what you showed yesterday yep. with service activator and similar annotations, yep. right? Yep. So at the same time, there, there is annotation uh, in bound channel adapter, call it, mm -hmm. and you can feed project method. I love there. it. Right? Very, very powerful. It's easy to extend Spring integration yeah. to, to do more than what is in the box. Um, if you want to speak HLS7 or uh, HL7 or AS2 or something yeah. like that, right? Well, like, um, you know, uh, these days, uh, chat GPT is very popular. It's yeah. pretty easy, I guess, to write some channel adapter for chat GPT, ask the yeah. question and get some reply. Oh, that's pretty right. brilliant, actually. Okay. <laughs> that, if somebody wants to work on that, connect us to the API. <laughs> oh, wow. I would use that. Imagine. But there is just enough to write some Podge service with plain method to communicate with ChatGPT and feed it to Spring integration with maybe with, even with service activator annotation, but just part of handle in integration flow. Oh, that'd be cool though. Imagine like a gateway, a ChatGPT gateway. You send a re you send a prompt and it sends you back. Well, essentially, yeah, it's gateway, but gateway yeah. is a particular example of service activator. Service yep. activator is a common concept to, to deal with Podge yeah. from messaging. Right. I love that. That's Whatever uh, some particular implementation of service activator is just specific implementation. Nothing, nothing more. Yeah. Wow. That's a great idea. I, <laughs> I hope somebody will work on that. Maybe I could. Um, hey, another question for you. Can you talk about the line between batch and integration? How can we know when to use one or another? Ooh, that's that's interesting question. Yeah, probably to use batch uh, from those perspective where 
you definitely have watch concept where you deal with watch patterns. Yeah. That's why spring watch is useful. I cannot tell that you cannot implement messaging this watch. It's definitely possible, right? Because yeah. you just implement some uh, reader, writer, processor, and essentially this is messaging already. There's a copy. You can implement some batch processing with spring integration, like you're talking about uh, dynamic integration flows in this right. right? So it can be like a batch. There is uh, slightly probably correlation between them and the replacement, but again, better to use specific tool for a specific task. Right. I agree. And there's even a, a project. Um, I think it's about, yeah, I, I did talk about that. I did talk about how it's the volume of the data. So I might use spring integration to notice a new file to, to respond to the event of a new file. And I use spring batch okay. to then process the file, you know? Yeah. Give that file as an input to a job. job right. And there's even, there's even the spring batch integration module. Yes. Is, yes. Yeah. Just kind of integration between Spring Watch and Spring Yeah. Exactly. That's a, it, it ships with a job launching message handler that you can use to kick off a Spring Batch job in response to a Spring integration message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's a good uh, point. You uh, reminded me about that. Um, what I wanted to talk and you asked me privately, Apache Camel. In Spring Integration 6.0, we have channel adapter implementation to call Apache Camel route. Cool. So you can share. You can have Spring Integration orchestrated. Exactly. Something, something like that. Yeah. Ah, and that brings us to this. Um, uh, well, first of all, this Sanjeev is amazing. It looks like he's doing really cool things. He moved a Mule application to Spring Integration, which I love. Um, and he says he's worked with Apache Camel, but he prefers awesome. Spring Integration over Camel. And okay. I mean, they're both nice technologies. I like Spring Integration a little bit more because it's it fits more nicely with Spring. Yeah, right. It's hard to, to not be biased, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I talked about that. Uh, and then, exactly. And then Sanjeev says, yeah, you can use Spring Integration to trigger the batch jobs. Absolutely. Yeah, opposite. Yeah, opposite. You can, you can call Spring Integration from batch tasklet. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we even talked about remote chunking in one of the earlier videos where you use message channels to, with a, a batch yeah, job. Yeah, clustering is, is a great subject and we can talk about that forever, you know. Right. Especially with messaging is pretty easy. Now, somebody says, uh, Johnny5DR says, my team is worried about switching to spring integration. They think it'll be harder to handle error cases and concurrency. We have only one Kafka message to RabbitMQ flow. Is it worth it to switch? Mm, what do you think? I don't see a problem. You just switch, you use Kafka message driven channel adapter as an input, then you do something with the message, like transforming, I don't know, handling, maybe somewhere storing in database and tend it to RabbitMQ using. IMQP outbound channel adapter. Yep. So that's that's what we do with spring integration. I mean, you could and use that's, that's, that's what we do even um, 
in Spring Cloud Stream with binders. Yep. Many, many people use concept like pulling data from one binder and pushing to another binder through multi-binder configuration in Spring right. Cloud Stream. And yeah, underneath, under the cover, everything is based on Spring Configuration. Um, so the, the, I think actually your error handling and concurrency will be easier to understand if it's all Spring integration because you have an error channel and it's very consistent. You can send a message to an error channel. Concurrency, there are well understood, like you said, you configure the task executor uh, and, and and so on for the uh, the context and that gets you. Why do everything by default, you know? I don't see any problem because uh, Kafka message driven channel adapter is asynchronous by default. It right. Spans consumers according to provided concurrency and available partitions on the topic, and uh, every single partition is handled in a single thread to preserve right. them. So uh, error handling is also can be injected to that inbound channel adapter in the beginning and so on, so on. You also can handle uh, errors by message, by service activator. Right. We have a couple special uh, AOP advices to handle errors on specific spot. So, yeah, should be fine. I, I think you actually, I think the code is cleaner this way. You just, you have to define the inbound Kafka adapter, the outbound AMQB yeah. adapter. Everything else is just spring integration. You get the same patterns, okay, okay. consistency, etc. Yeah, only um, well, <laughs> I see uh, sometimes struggle from community here on Stack Overflow on GitHub that um, there is entry curve and no one wants to read such a huge book, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, because you need to get used uh, to think in messaging and message channels. And, and points and handlers in between before right. to make something valuable for from from this messaging uh, communication messaging development step. Right, it's a different way of thinking. That's for yeah, sure. Totally. Uh, but I think it's more it's more valuable to think like this in the world of microservices. I, I thinking like messaging before was complicated and expensive. Today. It's the only way to build systems, I think, that you can guarantee will scale, you know, uh, and be robust. It just seems very natural. Um, okay, so speaking of scale, if I scale my application, how do I control the consumption of the same message? Cloud, Spring Cloud Stream can handle it built in, right? Spring Cloud Stream can handle it How to control consuming of same message? Is that like if you get... Uh, I'm not sure how you. Well, it depends if you if you publish to topic. Of course, you're going to consume same message in every single instance of your scaled consumer, right? But if you use queue concept in between, then only single consumer can consume this message, right? Um, and so that's like in, in Spring Cloud Stream, they have the uh, groups, right? The uh, consumer groups. Yeah, uh, that concept goes a bit out of Spring integration score. Right. This, this is 
part of Apache Kafka and uh, Amazon Kinesis. Right. And we can That's, fake it with RabbitMQ. It's not the, it doesn't exist. Fake it with RabbitMQ. Yeah, it's yeah. also possible. You can fake it with whatever. But at the same time, if you cause it to publish the same message to different uh, instances and you definitely would like to handle only once, we have implementation of idempotent receiver pattern. Ah. This iteration, yeah. What does that look like? <clears throat> is there a key to this, this is just annotation, special, special annotation. You mark your service activator with that annotation. Yeah, huh. idempotent receiver, it's called. Wow, I didn't know that. That's a, that's really cool. So, do I have to create a? So, I can I do that in the integration flow? Mm, for integration flow, you need to use advice option and inject specific AOP idempotent receiver interceptor. Probably, yeah. I didn't oh, know. Wow. Okay, yeah. that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I was gonna. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say. Usually, people use something like um... right. So th this is the way how we would handle that uh, duplication problem, right? Which Chris Richardson also mentioned in the microservices book. Right. right. That's amazing. Yeah. The patent receiver is a specific pattern from enterprise integration patterns, which fully right. applies right. to microservice patterns. Boom. Very That's good. Great. And uh, yeah. you know, you gotta. It, Building modern messaging systems, you, you start to learn that once and only once is a lie, right? It, that doesn't exist. You have to build for at least once. Um, okay, so what about this? Is Spring integration integrated with micrometer metrics and traces for observability support and troubleshooting? Oh, this is the question is, yes, it is. Yeah. In the previous version, previous current version 6.0, we spent like whole previous year when we developed this Sprint framework uh, six generation, right? And right. observability from micrometer was spread and implemented in every single project in portfolio, including Sprint integration, of course. Yeah, yeah. So we do have, we do observe uh, message handlers, message channels, gateways, and uh, yeah, inbound channel adapters. Nice. In the end, if you if you do provide trace, in the end you can uh, build the whole trace propagation and see, for example, in Zipkin, right? Right. How your trace and spans connected together and whatever happened. In Does your it, so as long as I have a micrometer registry, uh, observation registry. Micrometer registry uh, brings us on the metrics. Right. With observation registry, we can help us. And so if I have an observation registry, if I have the actuator, then I will have this, right? Yes. Actuator. So yeah, we don't do we don't do that by default, though, you know, you need to specify in auto configuration properties what integration components you would like to observe. Okay. Uh, so and I said, I remember I saw in the documentation, you can say, I want to observe like asterisk, all the spring innovation components. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's um, yeah, for convenient. A very convenient. And then you can also specify a filter, uh, a micrometer filter 
to reject certain components. Maybe you want all components except this one and this one. And so okay, I, I'm not so good with micrometer API, but yeah, I hear that yeah. there yep. is yep. some field. Yeah. So it's a, it's definitely there. It's definitely powerful. Right, and, and uh, thanks to common observation API and uh, its uh, implementation in every single uh, portfolio project, we we can have distributed trace. Right. In the same microservices concept. So uh, if you, for example, receive requests from HTTP, which already has some trace, this trace is going to be restored in our application. Then we can send to Kafka, to RevitMQ, say to database, and everything is covered under the same trace and observation. Amazing. Yeah. Um, is it possible to you to intercept those uh, that information from Spring integration? Can I like? Is there like an observability in you know inbound adapter where I can wiretap? Oh, that's interesting idea. No, we don't have that. No, that's interesting. We need to work out what what is that going to. Yeah, yeah. I see your point. I don't know. Maybe it could be. I don't know if it would be that. <laughs> one day. Um, one day. Sanjeev says he thinks that observability uh, is a standard thing to have these days. And I think absolutely, you know, um, and it's, it's out of the box. Yeah, it comes out of us. Yeah. I think it's, it's so, because remember the Chris Richardson in that book, he also talks about the microservice chassis, right? The, chassis. the service. Okay, yeah. Sure, that's, yeah. Uh, and that's another pattern. He, and basically that's spring boot. It's basically, I have this business logic. Some things are repeated across all my business services. I have 10 different services. All of them need a web server. They need uh, observability. They need, you know, logging, et cetera. Oh, okay, that sounds like service mesh. Well, it's, I mean, well, the, each framework, each bit of code needs to handle this, right? This is not about tracing and, uh, and all that. It's about, I have a Java process or I have a Node.js or whatever. Each one will have to have these things. So you need a, a framework that wraps your business logic yeah, uh, and provides logging, observability, and whatever. And so that's called the service chassis. And Spring Boot is a service chassis, right? It it wraps your business logic and provides these runtime concerns, uh, but they're there by default. You don't have to. You just add the actuator, and suddenly you get it. That's the important yeah. part: is you get all these great convenient defaults uh, out of the box. Oh, Sanjeev says he's now migrating to Spring Cloud Stream. Oh, very good. So we have. A, Lots of very interesting possibilities there, you know? Yeah. Um, you can still use Spring integration. That's kind of the next level, yeah. Yeah. So to abstract messaging outside of your function definition, you right. function and you plug your application with specific binary implementation for messaging outside. Yeah, and that's it. Nothing what, what is, like... So Spring Innovation 6 is the, the latest, right? Um, it's the latest, yes. And what are some of the big new features? We talked about uh, the observability stack, right? Uh, the integration with the observability. Camel integration. Uh, what else? We, we spend a lot of time for A of T, native support, right? Because oh, yeah. we need get right, rid of right. Spring native project and move everything to A of T API. 
right? And right. spread it through portfolio again. Yeah, that was huge chunk of work to deal what? with uh, native images support to, to get rid of reflection or exposing reflection hints, right. proxy hints. Yeah, that's another one. I have tried the AOT support for a lot of different adapters and most of them just work out of the box. Um, some, I, you know, I've talked to you about this. Some are, it's not spring integration. It's the projects on which spring integration. Right, right, right. So, uh, recently I contributed to Rome tools, according to your ask. Oh yeah. Uh, native, native support for ah, nice. that library. Yeah, now it works. Oh, nice. Okay. I didn't even notice that. That's great. And then I, I also, I think we talked about, uh, MQTT. Remember the Apache? MQTT, yes. That I'm has to be implemented on Pahom. Did they fix it? Did they do it? No, I didn't see activity oh. on it. I wonder, I don't know. It's been a while. We should check. But, uh, anyway, basically even this, it's not such a big deal. Um, but, uh, there are some things, um, but good, good thing that we have some high-level API in Spring Framework, which right. let us to expose all those hints if they are not available in the target right. library. I love that. Yeah, Spring Framework makes it easy for us to ship it. Uh, sure. As soon as they are provided by the library, we can throw away the code and still, still be backwards compatible. You know, uh, it's amazing. I also noticed one of the things that I loved in Spring Integration Six, and I did a video on this is the uh, uh, Postgres uh, oh, yeah, channel. Yes. That's a good one. Can you talk yeah. about that? Like, what's the story behind all that? What's the story behind? Uh, community member reached me and uh, asked about this support for notification listener uh, integration with Postgres. Postgres has some built-in feature to notify and listen for from uh, database by itself. You just implement specific uh, function and, or procedure in uh, database as it is. And yet you just need to call those uh, operations from your code. Right. And it works and voila. After some discussion, we ended up that it's probably better to implement as, as a channel. Oh, nice. Because we have some kind of message channel over database, and it is based on pooling, right? We right. use uh, database, some specific database table to push messages there and serialize definitely. And on another side, we pull constantly that table for new messages. But with this uh, Postgres specific channel implementation, we don't need to pull database. We just listen to notification and do something according to that notification. Essentially, we do select when we get notification, we do select from specific table. So yeah, yeah. very, very powerful. Um, Especially for Postgres, right? Like there's a yeah, that's there's, there's, yeah, and then there's a Postgres. We were talking about Apache Camel earlier. That's new, right? There's a new Apache Camel support in Spring Integration Six, right? Yes. Uh, so that's that's uh, like if you want to 
like you just said, you said it, you mentioned earlier, if somebody wants to uh, uh, send a message and, and kick off a route, there's a camel message handler, which I think is very yeah, If, for example, we don't have some uh, channel adapter implementation in Spring integration, I don't know which sample to give you from camel repository. I, I don't know. But yeah, if and there is one in Apache Camel, you just write some simple road in Apache Camel DSL and feed it to uh, this dedicated Spring integration channel adapter for Apache Camel. I love it. Um, yeah. There's also uh, RabbitMQ streams. So this is like Kafka streams. It's a it's a data it's a it's a database built in RabbitMQ that kind of like Kafka streams has a, a database as well, right? Um, so there's RabbitMQ streams. Yeah, probably. it's not a database. It's like uh, what is that log? It's called it, right? Yeah, a distributed log. Yeah, just adds, adds data, and we never remove the data. Then we yeah. somewhere commit offset to be sure at what point we stop it to consume and be able to restore from that point. Yeah, so the concept of Rabbit streams is similar to what we have with Apache Kafka. And so RabbitMQ, the Spring for RabbitMQ had the support a little Correct. while ago, and now we have it in Spring integration. No, no, that was implemented in parallel. Okay. Um, yeah. But we have it now in Spring yeah, Gary Russell did that. Huh? Gary Russell did that. Oh, Gary, okay. Gary, Gary, Gary Russell. Uh, Spring Innovation uh, team member Gary Russell, yeah, uh, who, who we love. Uh, he worked on that, and then now it's in it's in uh, Spring Innovation. The, the RabbitMQ streams, for certain use cases, and I don't know all of them offhand, but I remember seeing some information about it. It's like many, 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 many times faster than regular RabbitMQ. That's true. Yeah. For use cases for which it's appropriate. Yeah, right? just, we just discussed that with you because since we just opened messages to Q and we never removed them from there, so that's what gives us performance. Amazing. So we so, don't do acknowledgement per message. Yeah, really, really fast. So if you if you're looking for like, Rabbit, if you're on RabbitMQ, but you want like almost Kafka-like speed and performance, maybe yeah. check out RabbitMQ. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, I see that you have moved from the JCraft, JSH, JSCH, the, J, the secure shell, the SSL. Oh, okay. Apache Mina. Yeah, you've moved to the SFTP module of Apache Mina, which is, you know, I, I like the... Uh, Okay, great, great. Yeah, I also like it because Apache Mina, especially the latest version, is uh, fully based on Java 8 concept. It uses synchronous API and much convenient to use. It's much complicated, you know, because some use cases um, kind of doesn't work. Like, what is that called? Proxy, socks, socks, socks for oh. proxy. Right. Yes. So that is not easy to configure and implement. I answered people that it's outside of the integration scope, but they still right. complain because it was easy to configure with previous 
library we supported. Right. And yeah, we need to look into that one day. But Apache Mina, they, they said that they don't have this out-of-the-box implementation yet, high-level implementation. They do have right. some low-level, but the, it is pretty hard and involving to wire it. Uh, the main reason to move to Apache Mina that there are some new encryption uh, and decryption algorithms which okay. are not supported with the GCH. JSCH. JCH, yeah. 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 Kind of that library doesn't support new SFTP servers. And so this is what I love about Spring Innovation is with Spring Innovation, the, your code doesn't change, right? Your, oh, I mean, no. The That's inbound adapter still just gives me a file, right? And all the concepts are still the same, but you can change the whole engine underneath. We can change it in the framework. Right. Uh, and yeah. the, the users... Kind of the part of the framework, yeah. Yeah, amazing. I love that. Um, you also mentioned, speaking of asynchronous, you mentioned, uh, I see that there's Kotlin coroutine support. Oh, yes, that's a cool one, yeah. What does that mean? I didn't even notice this. this is that, the Kotlin language provides for us core routines, kind of some simple, uh, what is that, uh, language primitives to make our code asynchronous. It, of course, underneath it's implemented and generated to some Java code and special structures. But uh, from Kotlin perspective, it looks pretty easy. We just call it. Uh, what, so you have a suspend fun. Suspend fun, yes. On a service activator. Does right. that mean that when Spring Integration calls that code, it doesn't block? It does not block, no. It, it performs on that coroutine from Kotlin. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. So, so I, it's, it, I'm just adding the suspend as long as what I am doing. Well, inside if, if you think from a Java code perspective, you just make your return as a future, right? Right. Of the service activator. And if framework is smart enough and it, it knows what to do with that future, it performs this asynchronously. So exactly the same suspend function. Okay. So this is I didn't even think I didn't even know that you could do that. That was something I I showed the service activator yesterday uh, with a with an at service activator annotation on a method, and the the method takes a payload and it returns a value. What you're saying now is first of all, if you're using Java, you can return a future. Can you return a complete future? Complete future. Complete yeah. future. Yep. That's um, the future. Right. And mono. You also and mono, do mono. Like a reactive type. Um, and that is also going to be asynchronous. Nice. Performing in the model. Somebody also asked, um, can Spring Innovation be used with Reactor Operators API to, to support things like back pressure on channels, uh, on channel communication level? Mm, yeah, that's what we do. If, if on the high level perspective, we have Flux message channel implementation. It is fully reactive from both sides. So, 
Yeah, that's how we do it. And at the same time, if if you think about combining API, yeah, we do provide some high level API to deal with uh, reactive publisher, right? On one side or another side, we even can make the whole integration flow as reactive publisher. Ah, uh, yeah. So you can instead of using the integration flow dot get, I think you can say to publisher to occupy. And that's so even start that. flow with uh, from from reactive publisher. And we also have some channel adapters which are fully reactive, like a socket or right. web, web flux. Nice. So that's that's amazing. Yeah, this this new release is very it's huge. And and you mentioned the AOT stuff. To me, that was the thing I was waiting for. Right, huge big uh, changes, but there's so much great small stuff. Um, what is repeatable? At repeatable. Repeatable. Oh, that's Java from Java eight. We probably repeatable oh, annotations. Oh, the annotation. But yes, oh. that's annotations, right? So okay, uh, like essentially, the same. You mentioned the same service activator. And you probably would have some use case where you'd like to have the same podger, but uh, listen for messages from different message channels. So right. there is no way to specify which input, several input channels for single service activator, but there is a way to say several uh, service activators that they're going to use this uh, podger method. So you kind of just repeat service activator annotation on the same podge method. Nice. With XML, it was pretty easy. We just declare several service activator uh, components and refer them to the same podge method. Right. Uh, with Java DSL, you, know, you just use handle on different subscribers. Right. Um, yeah, but... And the point of this repeatable was exactly about annotations. And, you know, we just follow uh, consistency with Spring Framework. Speaking of consistency, um, I noticed that we've removed Spring Integration RMI, which makes sense, right? Because yeah. RMI is... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't... It's, I don't, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. You shouldn't be using it. It does all sorts of, well, it uses serialization, which is also dangerous, right? Uh, Java yes. serialization sidesteps the entire sandbox of Java, you know. Um, so not not good. Uh, so that's gone. And now obviously there's a million other ways people can solve the same problem. You can use... Yeah, whatever RPC you would like to choose. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, you got rid of the Apache... No, you got rid of the Gemfire module, right? Okay, that's cool. Oh, that yeah, because it was moved from outside of uh, Spring Portfolio. Right. Um, let's see, JMS security. It's not removed, you know. We moved it to Spring Integration Extensions project. And yeah, if it's still there. still need to use Gemfire, you can take it from there. I'm, oh, wow. There's so much stuff here. So, uh, authorization channel interceptor. What is this? So, Spring Security. 
So that's another thing. When you talk about oh, messages, yeah, that's, that's also right. That's that's talking about consistency. I'm pushing for this kind of for half a year already. We have um, in Spring security some security around messaging, right? Because you know, uh, one day many years ago, we pushed some general con- messaging concept from Spring right. integration to Spring messaging model, right? Like message channel, message by itself, message headers, uh, message handlers, the same, and channel interceptor as well. For and Yes, for Spring Integration 4 and uh, Spring Framework 4. That yeah. was, yeah, many years ago. And around the time, also realized that there has to be some security with messaging. So we have right. dedicated model in Spring Security for uh, securing messaging. But it's, I would say, it's not full. And we still had before today uh, some um, general concept for securing message channels in Spring Integration. And my idea move this API back to Spring Security as it is. Wow. That's awesome. So it's more consistency. Just, yeah, uh, that's, that's my point. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Okay, well, I'm I'm all about uh, Spring Integration 6.0. I'm, I've I've already been using some of it. I uh, what else do people need to know? What are some of the like? If you have one more thing to tell us about, what's the one thing that you think people should try out tomorrow that might change? Uh, might, might give them a smile. Well, just just try whatever this new is going to happen after our discussion with George because his feedback is just amazing. I I'm very sorry for those broken demos, which doesn't work by default. But I hope after the fix we will merge today and release tomorrow. It is going to work by default. <laughs> yes, that's kind of serious. I love it. I love it. Kharkiv, that's amazing. Thank you for joining us so far away. Uh, well, I mean, you're not that far away, actually. Wow. Read. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, you're... you're. Um, yeah, I am from Kharkiv by myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. amazing. Small world. I'm, uh, I hope everybody is okay. Um, well, my friend, I, I, this has been so cool. I, I, it's just been... Spring Integration is so so useful now you know it's it's more useful than when it first started and that's what i think people don't understand is that messaging is just it's more viable today than it was 20 years ago right and yeah uh, i also think so yeah and and now it's also paradoxically very weird very odd it's also more open more open source more free right like more approachable right than, than it was 20 years ago. And so you have more need, but also more availability, more supply and more demand. And I think spring innovation is just so valuable in this world where, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it, but this is one of the best. Yeah. And you know, Josh, uh, to, 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 sorry, I show in books too much. I have another book to share. I'm oh, looking yeah. into these streaming systems to implement some, some stuff in Spring Integration, like watermarks. Together with Christian Zolov, you know, Christian Zolov joined the recently team, and we look into some 
cool new stuff which we may implement eventually. Christian Zolov, he he's been on the show. He's been on this podcast as well. This is your second time on the show, right? You've been on the show before, but uh, so this is a podcast interview, but we're doing it now live on my YouTube channel. Um, but before you were on the show before, I think, right? Uh, no, just, no, you mistaken. No. no. Oh, no. my brain is not so good. I'm sorry. I thought you... no. This <laughs> first time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's first time. <laughs> well, that's terrible. Wait, it's your first time. That's terrible. Terrible for me. I I'm an idiot. I'm glad yeah. you're here. Thank you. Well, because we've had like more than uh, well, gosh, it we're close to like 250 guests or so. Sometimes yeah. that right. A lot of like every week for years and years now, I've had guests. So I could have sworn you've been on this show. That's uh, stupid of me. I'm so sorry. Uh, but we'll. I'm glad you're here. We fixed it. You know, I fixed yep. the bug. That's good. Um, so this is. I put the book. By the way, I put the book here. Uh, streaming systems. Uh, here. There you go. It's on the. In the on the screen. So if people want to check that out, that's a good book as well. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time, my friend. I think I learned a lot. Uh, I think I hope people did as well. Uh, about, about this stuff the technology what is the can you tell us uh, like you joined the spring integration team when did you join the spring integration team and let me just figure that out first um 2013 like 10 years ago, <laughs> yeah, 10 years ago. wow that, go, that went by so quick um and then what so you were a contributor in in ukraine first you were just working in the open source uh, and I remember you were answering questions and just being very useful, very helpful in the community. Um, how did you eventually join the team? Like, you know, going from outside to inside? Because I think people have this question, you know, how do you, how do we get here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's easy. One man hired, another uh, fired, another one man hired. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it happened that Oleg Zhurakovsky, who helped me a lot with uh, outside contribution, we worked together. He's also from Ukraine, and he worked on Spring integration. Yeah, it happened that he left Spring Source back in days, and uh, he just recommended me to Mark Fisher, and that's how it happened. Yeah, I don't know. It was so small community back in days, you know, even with GitHub as as a platform for contribution, it still was a small community. So there right. was an opportunity and yeah, Mark Fisher gave me some offer and I'm here, still with you, still loving messaging. I love it. I love it. Um, you talked about the size of the community. Like, when you were working with Spring, were you working with Spring Innovation in your previous job? I did. Cool. Yeah, I did work as as I said first. My uh, I, I met Spring Integration uh, first time when I needed FTP support. Right. Then eventually I worked it out. You know, back in those days, it was what is it called? So, right, service activated, ser service oriented architecture, right? When yeah. you did a lot of web services with SOAP, uh, XML here, there, XSL10 between. So then, uh, yeah, 
Ayn Pootsma contributed web services right. channel wow. adapters back to Spring Integration those days. And that was very useful for me. So when we get files from FTP, transform right. them to something valuable and then send to web services, which were consumed somewhere else. It was fully on Spring Integration. That was pretty cool. Very very yeah. powerful. Even if that look at for my uh, for my boss, it look at very weird. What you even code now in XML? Not only we develop protocol between services we saw, but also in XML the code by itself. Because uh, back in days it was uh, very hard to do something with Java. We didn't have any annotations and uh, lambdas like right. Know these days so for xml was much easier to continue yeah. bins for spring and declaring dependencies between them and even in the end we did develop messaging with xml yeah yeah i remember the and there was even uh design time tooling in uh, spring tool suite you could yeah what you yeah. see is what you get it was limited right for one single configuration file right limited because but eventually when our project becomes bigger and bigger even if it is microservice we still uh, may have some configuration for different aspects of this service and the configuration right. is distributed yeah right. that, that tool has gone yeah the thing i think the thing i when i every time i think about uh the whenever i use spring integration today by default i use integration flow Right, integration okay. flow is that's what that's something you created, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. The DSL. DSL. Yeah. So, what made you think of this? Like, why? Because it, it it's beautiful. I love it. I use it all the time. But why did you? It was one of the first things you did. I remember, in the first few years, one of the big changes that was, I, I saw you working on all the time was this uh, integration flow DSL, the Java DSL, right? Yeah, yeah, but in those days, uh, we already had uh, annotations in Java, right? And yeah. uh, Chris Beams, we mentioned it several times, uh, implemented DSL on annotations for Spring Framework configuration mm -hmm. instead of XML, right? Right. In those days. Um, yeah. Um, Maybe you know in XML configuration for Spring integration there is chain, right? And call it chain, so where you can group several handlers in one single uh, unit of work or logical block, right? So an idea of integration flow came from there, you know. And at the same time, uh, Apache Camel had already back in days Java DSL. It was pretty simple from two transform and so on and yeah idea took from there because you know at least for me nothing appear from something empty i always right. use some idea from somewhere else and sure. try to adopt it right right it's that's how it appeared at the same time uh that was 2014 or 15 Java 8 was on, on the radar, right? Or not, not around the corner with its Lambda support. Right. That was pretty good fit to our 
Java DSL implementation because before that we needed to do definitely new some class and have its implementation internally or extracted class. We still can do these days, right. but the Lambda support was pretty good fit and uh, addition to right. make this happen. Oh, I mean, you make it sound like it just wrote itself. The I've seen the code for the DSL, uh, and it takes a, a a master programmer, you know, somebody who really understands Java generics and and, uh, and all that to write that. That what you did is amazing. It's an amazing piece of code. It's not just because Java had lambdas. Even with the lambdas, there was still a lot of work to be done. And I, I, the common pattern is builder. It's yeah. easy. You need to have methods chain to be yeah. able to configure everything together with a single code flow. Yeah, that, that's, that's not. And you, you also and have a DSL for Kotlin. I don't know if you use it in some of your demos. There's yep. dedicated Kotlin style DSL. And we also have Groovy. I'm not sure if someone uses Groovy, but I love Groovy back in my days. That was great addition to projects as dynamic language. So I still love Groovy. I decided to implement dedicated DSL for the integration in Groovy. Right. It's probably also included in 6.0. No, I didn't mention that. I didn't think so. Uh, Let me interrupt quick. You mentioned Kotlin. I did a video on Kotlin. I did a Let's Code series. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I took the, the code that we did on one of the wrap-ups where we looked at DSLs, and I took that and turned it into a blog here on the Spring blog. I saw it, yeah. And that blog, I show the Spring Integration Flow DSL, right? So if you want to – and there's other DSLs. There's all, Kotlin has great DSLs all around the Spring ecosystem. But yes. uh, there's an Integration Flow – Example. Another consistency and teamwork. The what? Another consistency and teamwork. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, let's see here. Ah, somebody, very good point. I have worked with all the different flavors of configuration, but the DSL is the best. I love the DSL too, man. It's really, really well done. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Big fan. Um, <clears throat> okay, so. You said there's Groovy support. Is that a new thing in six? Oh, there's the Truffle scripting engine. Oh, well. scripting. Yes, that's, that comes from uh, GraalVM by itself. Right. Uh, since some version, I probably mentioned that in documentation, uh, Java removed Nashorn, right? Or yeah, Nashorn, yeah. right? For JavaScript. But community still asks to be able to write some scripting uh, in JavaScript uh, as a part of integration flow. Yeah, so we, we have a dedicated channel adapter. It's essentially service activator, which can perform dynamic language right. at runtime. And that uh, script can be reconfigured to something else at runtime as well. Yeah, at some point they removed JavaScript from Java by itself and GraalVM bring that back for us, but yeah. in much better performance. And yeah. more support for new syntax. Um, you know. 
I have no idea what is that, but yeah, probably. And there is an idea to implement all other GraalVM languages as right. in, in spin integration. Yeah. I can't wait. Yes, I, we, do, we do support Python and Ruby these days. Python? Python. We have Python support scripts, but that is pretty old version of Python. Because oh, is that Dave Transky's uh, contribution? Yes, yes, oh, it, yeah. okay, okay. I remember this. Oh, I thought that was part of a data flow. I didn't realize that came in spring. Yeah, we're doing data flow as well. Oh, yeah. wow. This is good addition because you just need to write a script and feed it to your stream definition and that's it, everything works. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, yeah. And underneath it is implemented with integration. This is, so now you can write, like it's very possible now to just write a bunch of methods with annotations and write some scripting code and have a complex integration flow. Or you could use the DSL and have some, I mean, it's like the actual code that people need to write to do something useful is so little for your common situation, you know, for your common, like, move this data from that to this or whatever. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, what about the Spring expression language, right? That's used all over the place uh, in Spring integration. We do use it everywhere, yeah. Yeah. Just because so in messaging, we have a context, which is message by itself. Yeah. And that message may dictate us what we need to do and what data has to be used and spell expression language let us to take that information from message from headers, for example, or do some JSON pass expression right. evaluation again, the payload. And Andy Clement uh, was on the podcast some time ago, maybe half a year or a year. Uh, and uh, we were talking to him about this and uh, he was, he, he said that the, support for compiling spring expression languages, right. expression statements, came from a use case in spring integration, right? Yes, um, Josh, yes, yes. We did push for that one because some customer, uh, the pivotal customer, also asked us about good performance of spring integration. They use it to spell expressions heavily and uh, they concern what it is, it is slow, just because underneath spell language relies on reflection to parse and call particular methods. Right. But with this built-in compilation for spell, we do generate classes on the fly and we compile them and feed them to the final expression. Therefore, there is no reflection at runtime. Right. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Really, really fast too. You know, uh, it's, it is limited, so but but still useful because if you well, uh, our typical answer to Stack Overflow uh, questions like this: if your expression became too complex, just push it to some Java method and call that method from this. Yeah, Lambda. Yeah, it's fine. But uh, I just love that the because again, it's one of those things where Spring integration sits on top of Spring and Spring Boot, or, you know, it, it leverages all this stuff, you know? Uh, and uh, and that makes it, Spring Negation isn't just Spring Negation. Spring Negation is Spring Framework, and it's Spring Boot, it's the rest of the ecosystem, you know? 
Um, it's a, it's, that's why I think swing integration is so magical, so powerful. It just feels very naturally integrated into everything. Um, wow. Wow. Okay. So somebody mentioned we've had springs, we've had scripting support uh, in Spring Framework since 2007, 2008, which is, that sounds about right. Uh, that was 3.0, I guess. Uh, we had the uh, support in Spring Framework for Groovy Beans and, and what else? Uh, yeah. Uh, Groovy and... Uh, there, there was dedicated Groovy DSL to uh, provide configuration, but probably it was the same way these days. No, it's underneath it reflects to XML configuration. Okay. Um, well, I'm talking about Spring Framework itself. In Spring Framework itself, that's, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I know what this person is, Ruby and Groovy, uh, but I'm trying to remember what that support was because I don't, I haven't used it. Um, Ruby and, why did we, I think we introduced it to support some use case in, in Grails at the time. I, I don't remember. Grails. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't remember. It's been that was years. so long time ago. Yeah. Um, dynamic language support. Spring 2.0, that's what it was. So JRuby, Groovy, and Bean Shell. Bean Shell, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. And so... We kind of talk about similar things, you know, whatever. Yeah, there, there is some factory in Spring Framework to right. be able to take some scripting language and perform it at runtime. time. And something similar we do in Spring Integration, but as a channel adapter. Exactly. Very, very powerful. Um, okay. I mean, I think Spring Integration is just in a really good place. I Can you tell us what's coming next or should we just wait? Um, What's the new stuff coming in Spring Innovation? We need to look into virtual threads. You know, as we realize it with you that we use a lot of threading in our applications and we need to deal somehow with that. So, yeah, probably we need to revise and uh, understand how we can leverage uh, virtual threads from Loom and provide some high-level configuration for end user or even fix something internally in the framework, because even if we try to take managed thread pools, external thread pools from high configuration like Spring Framework, right? Uh, but I believe we have a couple places in Spring Integration where we just create threads ourselves. Right. It'd be nice to centralize that. That's, that's what need to be revised uh, for... Um, Loom. Right. That's, That's true. Another subject upcoming, we probably also heard about that is crack. What is that correlated? No. Checkpoint. No, check it's point. a restore at checkpoint, right? Co co coordinated restore at checkpoints. Uh, yeah. We also need to be able to, as a whole sprint project, to save some checkpoint and be able to restore from that checkpoint. Probably this is going to affect somehow our source code internally. In right. It's maybe not so exciting feature for end users, right? Because it's not going to be some high-level component from Spintiration API perspective, but that's something that right. we're going to do internally. Well, it is kind of interesting, though. I mean, I, I've seen uh, some demos with, with, 
with crack. Uh, and it is so fast. It is so, so fast. You know, it's imagine a spring integration application starting up in a, a millisecond, one millisecond, you know, like I can imagine that now it, it's with crack. It's possible, you know, uh, if we did some work to make it. But actually, it works only on Linux these days, right? So That's everybody's using Linux. Implementation. Yeah. Like uh, Linux is production. I don't, I don't know anybody going to production on, I'm sure there are some people using Windows or maybe even Mac, but you know, like yeah, GraalVM and Crack are two, oh my God, you know, amazing opportunities for Java developers today to increase their startup time and memory footprint. Crack doesn't really help with the memory footprint. GraalVM does, right? GraalVM reduces the memory footprint, but start, yeah. startup time, wow. Yeah, that's, imagine, I, I, I mean, Right now, you can create uh, integration flows on demand, right, with integration flow context. Um, but with Crack, it's so fast, you might just create a whole new JVM. You know, you could just <laughs> imagine Spring Cloud Dataflow creating new JVMs takes like a, 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 a you know a couple milliseconds, you know, to get something up and running and responding to traffic, and then you can yeah. tear it down. Oh, that would be cool. Amazing. Um, yeah, all right. This is going to look. Yeah, spring. So that's that's the future, and that's coming. You know, not right now, but it's coming in the next few years. I think all this stuff is going to be very, very, very central to a lot of the ways we talk about uh, Java. Um, hey, where are you on the internet? And if so, where can people find you? Uh, and you know, do you want to be found? Yeah. And if so, where I'm can people? Stack Overflow. Yeah, Gita. Can I can I share your Please. Twitter? You can. Thank you. Yeah, you can. You can share my Twitter on Facebook. I love, I love that you mentioned the Stack Overflow because I don't think people. So one of the things that I love about the Spring team is even though we have all these amazing engineers that are doing amazing things uh, and delivering features that help millions of people all around the world, they also take. Those same people are also the ones on Stack Overflow and, uh, and on GitHub, you know, answering questions and trying to help and all that. And it just, um, but yeah, but yeah. It's, it's kind of good communication with community and it is a great way to get feedback. It's right. Just also don't, don't hesitate to ask questions on Stack Overflow and share your concern. If, if you don't like something, just share that as a concern, and we may turn it to GitHub issue and fix it at the bottom. Ah. And uh, I just saw a, speaking of uh, virtual threads, by the way, way. Jürgen, uh, just earlier today in the morning before, while I was asleep, he... Uh, yeah, he mentioned it. Yeah, they're, they're considering a JDK 21 integration into Spring Framework 6.1, so. Yes, 6.1, yeah, so that's upcoming uh, major, major, minor release uh, this fall, right? It's called this for Spring Boot 3.2, yeah, and right, according to Jürgen, we're going to adapt virtual threads. Yeah. Because GVM oh. is making that, right? Sorry? In, GVM is releasing that in 20, 21. 21. Six months. I, yeah, like it would be absolutely amazing. Um, all right, my friend. Thank you very, very much. 
for taking the time yeah, today. That's, that was great. It's it's great communication. Yeah, that's I like to see all this stuff doing for community, and it is great to see someone communicating back to you. That's kind of great too. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you soon. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you again. A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.